Grumpy Old Geeks. A weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I'm doing good. Uh, sadly, friend of the show, MXV, had some major surgery this week, so I want to send a, a hearty get well soon to him. Yeah, get well, man. Sorry about, uh, sorry about all that. That sucks, but uh, hopefully you've got some good drugs. Yeah, yeah, he said that they took him away from him, and now he had a bad night, and they're giving him back, so. <laughs> back to drugs. <laughs> yeah, when you have, like, major surgery, they can't take him away that fast. No, or ever. Or ever, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, they can, because they put me on that crap for months, and it was so hard to get off. Yeah, that stuff is pretty crazy. Getting, <laughs> getting old sucks. It does, but thankfully, we don't have to worry about it for too much longer. Game over, buddy. I'm packing my suitcases. I don't know about you. Um, well, I would like to... Let, let, let's, give, let's give the audience a little backstory here. For, for many years, I have been not so much a doomsday prepper, but a, a prepper. I've always got stuff around to hit the road. And you finally... Fa Slate has finally come around and, and given you an article that has made you see the light. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say it's just Slate and this one article. It is a combination of things over the years. Uh, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, the Slate article is kind of a, a, an overview slash editorial of an interview. The interview... Well, the Slate article is called Bug Out Scenarios, How Do Climate Scientists Cope with Existential Dread? And um, if you really want to ruin your week, go ahead and read this article. See, that yeah, there was nothing in here that really kind of disturbed me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true, because you are thin foil hat wearing bug out guy already. So you're already there. The rest of us, though, us normal people, are just starting to get there. Uh, it's based on an article from Esquire, where uh, a John Richardson interviewed this guy, Jason Box, who I've heard about over the years quite often. He's a glaciologist and a leading climatologist who is basically on the, I'd say, cutting edge in terms of being, we cannot fix this. We are fucked. And he's been vocal about it, not running around, you know, screaming alarm bells, just kind of, he's, he's walking the walk and talking the talk. He's, he's moved. He, he left Colorado because he realized that it's not sustainable and there's not going to be water and it's going to be a horrible life there. Um, he used science to figure out the best place in the world that he could live to basically survive and, and, and his daughter would have a good shot at a reasonable quality of life based on the environment. And uh, it's, it's, this is pretty damn serious and pretty depressing. And this is a really, really good rundown. Um, just read the Slate article. I mean, if, and if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, go read the entire interview because it is fascinating and depressing and uh and all of that and and what makes this really hit home for me is um i mean for the last eight months i've been working with an organization called live earth uh it's going to be a concert uh in september that is meant to kind of promote and educate people about climate awareness to sign a petition to demand drastic action from our leaders at the cop 21 conference in paris where they're going to get together and discuss global environment issues and hopefully come to some sort of resolution to start to scale things back kind of the point of this article being it's too fucking late anyways. And uh, I, I mean, I just vividly remember, you know, I got involved with this project oh, almost eight months ago and um, we had our first communications meetings and things like that. And, you know, it, it was just sat around a table and, and basically the strategy that we came up with um, was that we absolutely positively have to try to keep this positive, even though it's not, because if we actually start to, you know, educate people about what's really happening and put real numbers out there, 
it is going to depress people and we need to keep them energized and positive, even if it's a false positive, false, false positive. <laughs> so, you know, this is this is not good. And, and this is, you know, he's talking about basically how all these climate scientists are starting to use the science to figure out places that they're going to bug out to when things start to go really bad. And uh, I've got one, thankfully. I, I, I'm able to go across the border and go live in Canada. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I have a bug out spot, but I'm not going to tell anybody where it is. Huh. And it certainly won't be moving to Denmark like this guy did. Right. Well, you know, his his reasons are really interesting and, and it's well thought out and reasoned. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I think we have a little bit more time, but uh, it's been a fun show. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, good night, everybody. Well, that's why that's why I put this at the top. You had this doubt in the middle. I'm like, no, let's just get this out of the way, because then everything after this is going to be upbeat and awesome. <laughs> so, well, it is our show. I wouldn't say upbeat is going to happen, but uh, awesome, perhaps. Yeah, it could be, could be. But yeah, I, I, I just have, you know, enough to get by for like a couple weeks if everything goes to goes to pot. Right. And then, you know, the the best plan is if there is like, you know, some kind of catastrophe in your area is to get out. That's the whole point of bugging out and having a bug out bag and all that good stuff. But yeah. this is not a prepper show, so we will stop at that point. Because <laughs> that stuff always kind of creeps me out a little bit as I silently pack my suitcase while we record the show. Yeah, thanks for coming around to my side finally. Uh, yeah, well, anyways. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back to light and airy. Uh, we talked about how a robot killed a worker at a VW plant last week. Yes, in the most amusing thing that I saw. I, I like I like how he's like, let's go light and airy. We talked about a robot killing somebody last week. Hey. <laughs> All a matter of degree, man. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, someone tweeted a robot has killed a worker at a VW plant in Germany. A Financial Times correspondent. Who rather, interestingly, is named Sarah O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> and... Twitter exploded when she did that because she had no idea and everybody else found this to be the funniest thing that's ever happened in the entire world. Yes, because she had apparently never seen the Terminator movies. So <laughs> she was like, what's going on with this? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was very, they're very cute. The links are in the show notes for that, but I recommend going and get it. It's, you'll have a chuckle. It is, it is a nice chuckle after you're done crying from the previous article. So a uh, little Apple Music follow up. Um, it really is not ready for prime time. It barely works. It is not working for me at all. I still can't sync things across devices and I can't add any Apple Music, any of the streaming tracks to my library. It does not work. Um, and again, like I said, uh, this is something that's really hard to Google because the names for everything is so damn generic. Library, music, streaming. Good luck with that. Yeah, you, you you should go to the Apple support forums. That's where I try and do the searches and find something. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it is unbelievably unstable. It crashes on me trying to download tracks. I can get one. Like if I try and do an album, I'll get one track out of the album. And by the way, it does have a little tiny icon. We talked about last week, like it doesn't show you like how or where your music is. Yeah. But there is a little tiny phone icon in the upper right when you get a track down that does tell you that it's on your phone. Oh, nice. I, you know, if it actually worked, I might be able to see that. Yeah. I, in the way I was testing, it was like turn my phone onto airplane mode and then go back and see what it would let me play. And that's how I knew they were on my phone. Smart. That, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm still having a lot of issues with it. Uh, and one of the things that I found was supposedly maybe you have to turn on iCloud music and you have to have that whole thing going. Uh, I can't, I can't do that because I have too many tracks in my library. I can't store all my stuff up there. So if, 
that's a requirement to use the Apple Music streaming service. I can never use this. Are you talking about iTunes Match? Yeah, yeah, sorry, iTunes Match. That that was one of the things is like, you have to have that on, blah, 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 and then everything will work. And I'm like, I can't. No, that, I, that can't be a requirement because you got to spend 25 bucks a year for that. And uh, that can't be a requirement just to use Apple Music. Apparently that's rolled into your $9.99 Apple Music subscription. Well, then I want a refund because they just charged me another 25 bucks for iTunes Match, those rat bastards. Yeah, see, there's no transparency about this. And there, again, uh, I think we've railed about this on and off over the years. Whatever the fuck happened to manuals? Seriously. No, I'm not kidding. I, no, I'm, I'm with you. Everybody rolls out software and even hardware now, and they don't bother telling you how the fucking thing works. Well, see, that's the magic of Apple. It's just supposed to be intuitive. You're supposed to know, like, in your bones how this shit works. Well, you know, it doesn't. And once you, and if you get in a situation like you and I are, where things just aren't working, there's no way to fix it. And there's no one to turn to. I mean, I'm seriously considering going down to the Genius Bar and just handing in my phone and say, make my damn streaming service work. Uh, breaking news, Omar Sharif, Lawrence of Arabia star, dies at age 83. Oh, well. Yeah, bummer. Bummer. Uh, man, this is just a pick-me-up show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> at least Facebook isn't going to be doing a streaming service anytime soon. Well, they're not, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. say one thing, they do another. Yeah, Facebook always says they're not doing something, but we all know they still are in the meantime. So yeah, they are denying a report that they're doing it, yet they're still going around talking to all the music labels. So what are they talking about? Uh, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they threw, out, threw it out and like had to run it through the, the ringer to see if it would take, you know? <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. So uh, also on Salon, just to quickly follow up a little bit more with the Apple Music thing, there's a nice little editorial talking about how if Apple Music wins, what will we lose? Uh, basically, it's just an article saying if we have one player in the streaming service that that wins and takes over, they basically have the power to tell us what we're going to hear and what we're not, which is, yeah, we call those monopolies and we don't like them. Yeah, all of this stuff really makes me just want to have CDs again. Give me tapes, mixtapes, and CDs. I'm, it's really starting to get annoying. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's multiple reasons for that. In fact, I was experiencing that all this week. For whatever reason, Netflix has been really janky. And uh, the wife and I have been re-watching West Wing. And I, I would have killed to have the DVD box set because it would pause. It would drop down to, you know, crappy quality. Then it would hang. Then it would buffer for another 15 minutes. And it's been going on all week. It's so I hate streaming. I hate it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, poor Brian. Poor Brian. I'm cranky this week. Anyways, moving on. Moving along. Uh, John Oliver. The John Oliver effect has once again been proven. Uh, John Oliver got results. The New York City is now changing its bail requirements for low-level offenders. I'm sure we all saw that episode. Uh, uh, I think it was two weeks ago and last week tonight. So A couple weeks, whenever. Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, the John Oliver effect continues. I love this guy. I love what he's doing. I love the fact that he's making a funny show and actually, in, uh, you know, making some real change in the world. Good on you. Yeah. And the funny thing is I watched the John Oliver show on my HBO streaming app on my <laughs> iPad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. dear. Uh, fun, fun, fun. So I had in the notes something about uh, articles talking about did anonymous take down the New York Stock Exchange when we also had the United Airlines thing happening all on the same day. And apparently... Unsurprisingly, it was just coincidence and bad tech. It wasn't actually terrorism. Yeah, well, you know, the title does have a question in it. And as we know, if the title starts with a question, the answer is no. Yes, but I think we should leave this in the show notes because some of the because this also does collect some of the tweets that people were sending that day when it was happening. And it's quite funny. Yeah. 
Uh, and we talked about Google self-driving cars a couple weeks ago, and uh, looks like uh, California is not the only place that they're going to be on the road now. They're coming to Austin, Texas. Okay. Well, one car is. They got a Lexus going there. But it's it's the beginning. They're coming to take over. They are. I wonder if I can like program my bug out location into my self-driving car. Perhaps, but uh, you will need the uh, GPS to work, and by then the storms might knock it out, and there'll be too many electrical things going on, so it's not going to work anyways. Yeah, yeah. Get a get a bicycle. Yeah. That's the best way to go. Long ride to Austin from here. Yeah, and there's an interesting Business Insider uh, article I threw in the show notes that is worth a read. Uh, it just talks about suicide and depression in startup culture. Like, uh, it's it's a pretty, you know, not upbeat read like we're talking about this <laughs> week, but uh, it's, it, it, I just liked it. It, it you know, it talks yeah. about a lot of things that, that people don't talk about in, in startup land. Well, it's such a high-stress um, field, and it's not surprising. I, I think people of a certain bent are driven or are attracted to technology anyways. And uh, in my experience and in yours as well over the years, uh, certainly there's been a lot a lot of depressed people in our field. Uh, and you and I have had, had a bounce with it as well. I mean, it, it's a rough field, and, and it's not surprising. And yeah, this is kind of a depressing article that makes me depressed to be in tech. and. <laughs> I think we should just title this The Happy Show. Yeah. Mm, shiny happy people. Uh, this was making the rounds uh, last week. Uh, there's a Russian selfie, like a safety selfie <laughs> thing that they've got going on. And I looked at it, and honestly, I just feel like the entire internet just got punked. Because it just feels like this came from like the Russian version of The Onion. Yeah, it kind of does. But a lot of news that comes out of Russia could be from The Onion, let's be honest. That's true. That's true. I, and honestly, if this is the case over there, if that many people are dying from taking selfies, I think they should just call the herd and let them go. Uh, I agree. Um, it's just remind, I don't think it was Russian military, but somebody ended up. No, no, no. We we bombed someone. I think it was uh, an ISIS guy who took a selfie and they could tell his geographic location because of that. And then we we droned the hell out of him or something like that. I can't even remember. So don't. Don't be stupid with your selfies. Now, yeah, and always turn off location services, people. Yeah. In the news. One place I'm not going to bug out to would be Greece. No doubt about that. It's been a, been a rough week. I <laughs> think you could say that. Yep. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot we could talk about this, but let's stick with the tech aspect. Uh, guess what else people in Greece can't do right now? Buy porn? Or buy porn or buy songs from iTunes. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Any, any online business that, that runs your banking out of the country, um, you cannot do in Greece right now, which is basically almost all of them. Yeah, this is insane that like yeah. everybody's getting cut off there. Yeah, you are basically, I mean, Greece is just a, an island to itself now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. But um, on the tech side with it, uh, the Planet Money series, like the past couple episodes, they've been talking about Greece, and they've been really good and really informative. Mm -hmm. Have you listened to any of those yet? No, no. I've, I've been too busy being depressed about the climate thing. to. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, my bandwidth was full on depression, so I couldn't get into Greece that much. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that they're doing a good job. And, and since you put them in the show notes, I will probably listen to them today because <laughs> why be happy? No, the uh, the funny part is one of the guys that they talked to is planning to bug out of Greece. Well, no shit. If you've got the money, get the fuck out of there right now. Uh, the interesting thing about when I was reading your your Business Insider article was there was a uh, related note at the bottom, like, you know, a related article. Mm -hmm. And it was how to land a plane if the pilot has a heart attack. Awesome. 
<laughs> and sadly, I watched Mythbusters, and they've completely debunked that anybody could land a modern plane if you're not a pilot. Uh, also discussed in the Patrick Smith book that I, that I got you to read the other week. Yep, indeed. You, yeah, good luck with that. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Unless you have, like, you know, 100 hours logged on, a like, a modern flight simulator. Game over. Yeah, game over. And speaking of game over, uh, The Enemy, one of my favorite music magazines of all time, it's a British publication, uh, basically is going to go completely free. I'm not entirely sure what that means, how they're going to do it, and whatever. But uh, that's that's what's happening. So the death of another music magazine. They'll plan, they plan to continue and be free. I basically see this as a means of, well, there's not going to be an NME in about a year. Yeah, if they're going online only, we know that the ad market is screwed. There's no way that they're going to be able to keep the quality up. And plus, without the physical magazine, they're just going to be another online content, you know, we all know what the the writing's on the wall the first there's been a first wave of this of 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 print publications going online only and they just shut their doors within a couple months anyways and that's probably what's going to happen with this yeah but the interesting thing is i'm i was looking at that i'm like man how can enemy be going out of business but maximum rock and roll is still in business after all these years uh because they're so niche it's a niche market and that they don't need to have a lot of people paying attention. They just need their hardcore fans <laughs> because it's a punk bag. Yeah. Hardcore. Get it. Yeah. 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 They just need their hardcore fans to keep them going. So, and I mean, look at it. It's fucking, they haven't redesigned their site since 1992. And it's still printed on newsprint. Yeah. You know, they, so, they definitely have a, uh, they have the old school zine aesthetic. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people that do that work for Maximum Rock and Roll are doing it for the love of the rock and roll more than the paycheck. And uh, NME actually has journalists who want to get paid. So good luck with that. Yeah. Speaking of people who are not getting paid, uh, we I just want to cover this one real quick because neither of us are Redditors, but Reddit had its giant kerfuffle last week with everybody shutting down because somebody got fired was what the original story was. But it turns out that a lot of the people who weren't getting paid are just tired of no support from Reddit while they while Reddit makes money off their backs. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. You, you get what you pay for. <laughs> hey, you know, I think that's a hard learned lesson that that we've learned just from the business sense, which is you never go in for free because you're never going to get your page your pay upped. That never happens. And uh, you're going to do, you know, you go into Reddit and you start a big community and you're doing it for free and for the love of it. Nobody's going to step in and pay you for that. Well, and sometimes they can't like, you know, I have firsthand experience this running Met blogs. We had hundreds of authors that were unpaid just because we couldn't afford to pay them. And, you know, we had our fair share of revolts. And Kevin Rose can tell you that, too. Look at Dig when when they didn't support the people who were doing the content. You know, Dig is now a, a footnote in history. This has all happened before and it will all happen again. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, this affects me zero because, yeah. like I said, I'm I'm not a redditor. Uh, I do enjoy Reddit. I like to look every now and then. It's great for headlines and kind of seeing what's going on in the world. Uh, but uh, I think that you know the days of me getting super involved with an online community are long gone. I mean, I was doing that when I was 14 on BBSs and you know distributed network stuff. Uh, uh, the idea of of doing that just. Ugh. Oh, yeah, we're, we're long past that. We put in our time and, you know, you know, what we have now electric bills. So it's <laughs> time to time to move on and get the big boy pants on. Exactly. Now, there's this thing called blockchain that people have been talking about this week. And because, Jason, you are the more techie person of the two of us. Explain this to me. The blockchain for what, it, what it's associated with is Bitcoin. 
And it's just a ledger of every single transaction ever made. So Mm -hmm. and and it has to be the the entries that go into the ledger have to be done by uh, consensus of a majority. Okay. And that's what it is. So people are now trying to take the blockchain, you know, technology and theory behind it and put it to other things. So the, oh, this, is, this has been going around for a little bit since Mark Andreessen opened his big, bald mouth about it. And uh, <laughs> it, it's not one of those things that I actually find that interesting. But the when and I'm, I'm looking at it and the blockchain for Bitcoin is approaching about 35 gig right now. OK, so to download it, you, you, that's that's a lot of disk space. And if everybody's right. downloading it and then everybody's updating it. That's just a lot of crazy bandwidth in my book. But I, uh, I mean, I could be like wrong on the tech, but I just remember when I started trying to use Bitcoin, it started to download the blockchain. And I'm like, okay. Uh, it is like, okay, it'll be done in about a week. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So it's not, it's not terribly practical given the way our tech is, is currently set up. But I like the concept. I was reading through it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Although the one thing that struck me is, uh, as a layperson who never really got too into Bitcoin was I thought the whole point of Bitcoin was anonymous. You could, you could not be tracked with your money. And this seems to be the exact opposite of that. No, everything is anonymized and encrypted. So, I mean, you can go back and and reread the, reread the transactions, but it's not like, okay, Brian just sent me five Bitcoin. It's, you know, anonymous user accounts that are transacting in between each other. So you can't, you can glean some introspection into who's who, like when the, uh, the big, like the thefts go on the big Bitcoin thefts, people can try and trace who's going and putting them where. That's why those exchanges were always helpful because people would go launder them through the exchanges. Right. You know, I could be completely talking out of my ass on this tech because I just never got into Bitcoin. It was just one of those things that never really yeah. did anything for me. Well, I mean, we did like that whole episode on it and uh, it was all the rage for a little while. But the, the most interesting thing about this, this whole blockchain thing coming out is this first time I've heard the name Bitcoin in quite a while. It's kind of dropped out of public consciousness. Yeah, it really has. It's not one of those things that, you know, it's flash in the pan, flash yeah. in the bit pan. <laughs> um, so Facebook is opening a new data center. And normally I wouldn't mention this at all because it's like, oh, who cares? Right. The interesting thing about it is the way that they're doing these highly efficient data centers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far it says that the, the way that they're doing their infrastructure has saved the company more than $2 billion over the last three years, which is insane. Mm-hmm. The thing about it, though, it got me into what I found was the um, the Open Compute Project, which I'd never heard of. And it's been around for years, but since I'm not in the high scalability computer world anymore, and frankly, never, ever want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like a consortium of big companies who are working together to make open hardware, uh, data center, you know, efficiencies and, and share them. And it's really cool. I had no idea this stuff existed and it's pretty neat that they're, that all these people are like getting together and working on this stuff to save energy. Yeah. It's really, really cool actually. So I didn't know that was going around either, but it's, you know, it's like, like we said at the beginning of the show, it's probably too late, but good luck with that. <laughs> so make the, make the screener, save the energy, be awesome. Well, when they're when you know the global population is down to one billion people from seven billion, since everybody is starved to death or killed each other and ate each other, right. um, Facebook will have much better data centers, and you you will be able to get on faster, I guess. Yeah, and save some money. Well, and thanks to uh, the rollout on Facebook this week, when you when we're down to a billion people, you'll actually be able to pick which of those billion will show up at the top of your newsfeed finally. 
Yeah, this whole like newsfeed prefs thing that they have now, I looked at it before I deleted Facebook off my phone because it's causing battery issues and all sorts of other problems. Right. Uh, there's still no option for just show me show me everything in a timeline. Yeah. I want a straight timeline without you people fucking with it. And yeah. nope, no option. I, I agree. That is all I want. I don't want to be able to pick 10 of my friends and make sure that they're always on the top of my newsfeed. I just want a timeline scaled all the time. Every single update from every single person I've friended in a row in the frame of time that they happened in. That's it, Facebook. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of millions of your users, that's all they want to. So bring it back. Yes. It's called chronological people. You yes. know, we've, we've, <laughs> it's pretty much how we live. So don't, don't just stop it. Yeah. But yeah, I did have to uh, knock the Facebook app off my phone because it was such a battery drain and it actually almost blew up my roommate's phone. It got so hot she couldn't hold it, and I, I did really? some research on it, and and she didn't even have it in the forefront. It was the background app refresh just kind of went cattywampus. Really, I've I've just never had an issue with the Facebook app. It's it's always I mean it's a it's yeah it's a bit of a battery drain, but I've had far worse apps on my phone, and I've never had any kind of issues with it. So sorry. Yeah, it, I mean it, it it's hit and miss. If you go and, and Google it, it, you'll you'll see a lot of people have that problem. I had it on my yeah. 5s a lot, so I ended up taking it off. And you can go to about and see what the battery usage is for different apps. And for me, Facebook was always at the top, and I barely used it. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> so now. Now I don't have to. But surprisingly, or unsurprisingly, uh, since I moved to California, I almost never look at Facebook anymore because I'm I'm too busy doing stuff. You have been a busy beaver. I have. You know who has been busy too? Uh, well, wait. Who's transition on this one? Who has allegedly been a busy boy is Jared Fogel, the uh, the fat man from Subway. His house was raided this week uh, in a child porn investigation. Now, this could just be because he is child porn adjacent. Because the leader of the Jared Fogel Society or whatever was uh, basically arrested for kitty porn. Um, yeah, there's nothing really going on with this at this point. But it, it, it is tech-related because they did take his computers and it is kitty porn. But uh, Subway's kicked him out. They're done. I it's didn't like, know that Subway was still... I mean, I know he's not in the ads anymore. I guess he was being still sponsored by him for personal appearances. Like, who the fuck would go see a personal appearance of Jared? But anyways, uh, I, yeah, I had no idea he was still involved. But of course, any smart company is going to go ahead and distance themselves from him because how could you not since every single photo and news story mentions Subway related to child porn now, which is not ideal if you're running a company. Um, you can go get the new Subway 2-inch. Oh, boy. <laughs> God, you, won you wondered how I could make kitty porn fun, but no. the show notes, I was like, there's just no way we're going to, no joke is going to come out of this. that's going to work. And I was right. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So moving on, <laughs> moving on. Something that does work is Airbus's new electric e-fan uh, aircraft. It made this, it across the English channel today. It looks cool as crap too. Yeah. It's a cute little plane. Mm -hmm. I like it. I, uh, I, I welcome our new electric plane overlords. <laughs> I welcome our new uh, environmentally friendly overlords. Well, he could be as environmentally friendly as a Prius, which it turns out is not. Yeah. Well, good times. Security? Ha! On the number of list of things that I didn't know, this is this is pretty up there and a little bit surprising because you'd think I should have known this. Did you know that the United Nations has a digital privacy investigator? 
It's a new position. So, no, I, I wouldn't expect you to know that, but I didn't know it either. Yeah, it was approved uh, last month to, or last March to create this position. And uh, because it's the United Nations, they still haven't actually put anybody in that position yet. Uh, there's been a lot of infighting about it, and it's all very political and it's all very boring. Uh, the takeaway from this article, which I thought was really interesting, is uh, I think we might have found a bug out place. Estonia. Estonia, shockingly, has amazing privacy and digital innovation going on there like they're light years ahead of us oh beyond light years yes it's insane but you know granted they have far fewer people than we do but still yeah yeah no it's not it sounds like a a, a grumpy old geeks digital paradise over there yeah but it's still estonia i don't know much about estonia but i think about it and it you know it's got stone in the name so i think of stone age kind of like that you can walk around and say you're stonian i like it yeah, well, you can become a, uh, was it a uh, digital, what do they call that? Oh, an uh, e-residency. They have e-residency, so you can you can join and become an, <laughs> an e-Estonian, I guess. Makes sense, considering they're they're on the forefront of, of the digital for most of the planet, really. So something to look into. I'm going to be Googling a bit of Estonia later. Awesome. Uh, so the big news of the week that I think everybody has seen is that the, uh, the company, the hacking team from Italy, basically got pwned big time. Yes, they did. And they also need a marketing manager because that's the most boring name ever. Yeah, really. Uh, so, team. Come on, guys. Well, they're Italian. I guess we're not good at that. We're too busy out, you know, drinking wine and eating cheese and making pasta. I'm Italian. I can say that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, 400 gig of their internal data was basically stolen and opened up on uh, via BitTorrent. And man, there's some bad stuff in here. But yeah, these guys have been selling to like, uh, was it Egypt and uh, oppressive countries, right? which is bad. Um, But also a lot of the source code is in there. So vendors are now on a uh, just scrambling to fix all the stuff. You know, the big one is there's a big flash one that's coming out this week, a a patch on that. I mean, there's so much that went on with this, but these guys are, they're done. They're out of business. They are never coming back from this. They might be able to change their name and come back, but not looking good. No, I mean, and they were selling stuff to the FBI for, you know, a lot of money and other countries. It, it, they sold spyware. I mean, literally, they just sold O'Days and spyware and everything that a country could use to, you know, it, it was like dictatorship in a box. <laughs> yeah, nice little convenient starter kit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's all really kind of crazy. I, I figured you'd be following this more than anyone else. I, I wanted to give a tip of the hat to a friend of the show, Fergal, who forwarded on the uh, semantic notice about the leaked Flash Zero Day, which is pretty uh, interesting. I, I, for those of you that still actually put Flash on your systems. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, silly people, silly people. So, yeah. And in speaking of the Flash one, um, this is this one made my day. There's a There's a Flash malware out there that actually gives you a security update after it infects your computer, because it doesn't want other malware to get in through the hole that it got in through. So nice. it patches itself behind itself. So it can stay on the machine and then you're, you know, you're upgraded and you, no more, no more malware except the malware that fixed your computer. So it can't get malware. Yeah. That's a, this stuff is getting just so damn clever. It really is. Um, another one from Symantec. Uh, this is a, it was originally titled Morpho, profiting yeah. from high level corporate attacks, but apparently there are companies out there called Morpho and they said, oh, let's change the name of the hacking group to Butterfly, which I don't know if I like that name any better. No. Uh, but this is, this is a really interesting story because this is, this is kind of like the Ocean's Eleven of, <laughs> of hackers. These guys will go in, 
like nail a company, get everything out and move on and leave no trace. They, they don't know who these guys are, where they're at. And it's a really fun little story. I, I definitely recommend if, Even if you don't like the security stuff, if you like kind of crazy espionage type stuff, and we don't know who these guys are, yeah. nobody's been caught and they're, they're very smart. So if you want to just, like I said, it's a good, good bathroom read. Yeah, no, I mean, go read the article and just uh, in, in your mind's eye, imagine very, very good looking guys in expensive suits having witty banter as they do all this. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt with a Blackberry hacking, hacking the world. <laughs> uh, so do you remember the Lizard Squad? Yeah, the, the group that is definitely nothing like Ocean's Eleven. No, yeah, these guys did the DDoS on Xbox and Sony way back in the day. So uh, one of the kids, he's, seven, he's 17 years old, he was sentenced to a two-year suspended sentence and must undergo monitoring of his online activities, and he was convicted of 50,700 charges. Wow. <laughs> and he got, he got two-year suspended sentence. Okay. Well, you know, I, again, but I'm glad that he isn't in jail for like 7,000 years, because that would be way above what he should have gotten, but uh, uh, okay, yeah. Well, Go. the thing is, he, he basically okay. swatted somebody. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's there's a there's a balance to be made, but I think I think a little bit of a harsher sentence would have been would have been. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But it's Finland. Yeah. I don't think. Well, actually, maybe we should bug out to Finland. They, they seem to be if we go to Finland, then we can join Butterfly mm-hmm. and then, you know, exploit all of the stuff, the O'Days that the, the hacking team have put out that haven't been patched yet. And then, you know, then we can when we're done, we'll move to Denmark. Okay. Or we could just stay away from all this deep level computer stuff because it makes us depressed. Yeah, it could be. Um, there is an open SSL patch coming out this week. So if you do run a server, definitely patch it because there's been a, another stream of open SSL vulnerabilities that have come out that I will not bore you with. Yeah, it's a little boring. So just, well, you know what? Once they stopped giving them cool logos like Heartbleed, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, good branding. Comment of the week. Our first comment of the week comes from Brett via grumpyoldgeeks.com. I use iTunes exclusively on my PC. I have a ton of cassettes from high school band that I want to transfer to my PC. What is the best way to go about it? The show is awesome from an older grumpy, not quite geek. You guys were the reason that I went back to school to learn electrical engineering. Thanks for the inspiration. Brett in Fresno. Well, thanks, Brett. And uh, I'm glad we inspired you. Um, first, I would say don't even bother converting from cassette to digital if it's something available in any other format known to man, because cassette is just about the worst. I mean, you can try, you can get an A-track. That's a little bit worse, but that's about it. Uh, but since you're talking personal tapes from high school band, I doubt you're going to be able to find that anywhere. Uh, so the question is, how much do you have? How much do you want to spend? There are a lot of services out there where you can basically mail off your tapes and get them converted and they'll send you back a, you know, a USB stick with everything on there. Uh, or you can pick up a machine and do the conversion yourself. Um, on the plus side, if you do that, you can always, you know, reach out to other people and see if they want their tapes converted and, uh, you know, make a buck or two that way because this is economy 2.0. You can do it in your Uber while you're driving around if you want to because that's how we're supposed to all live now. Uh, I found something online. We'll have the uh, Amazon link in the show notes. And if you click through that, you give us a buck or two, which is kind of nice. It's called the Ion Tape to Piece tape to pc usb cassette deck it's on the higher end of the scale but if you're an amazon prime member the price is half it's cut in half so it's got some built-in filtering and sound processing presets that'll help if you don't want to 
learn audio engineering uh, while you're at it. So you can get basically the best sound that you're going to get. There's a lot of cheap ones out there as well, which will probably do just fine. Um, as per usual, read through the reviews and find a price point and review level you feel comfortable with. It's never going to sound great, but hey, memories, right? So there you go. Thanks for writing, Brett. Yeah, um, just a little follow-up on that. Uh, Vinicor, Mike Vinicor, who was mentioned at the beginning of the show, he's got a setup at his house that uh, I've used. Basically, just an old cassette deck run through like a $30 audio to PC converter, yeah. runs it through his laptop, runs it, uh, pulls it right into Audacity, and then you can just get, you know, you can find some filters in Sweden that will uh, help you clean up the sound. And he did that for like 30 bucks because he already had the cassette deck. If, you, if you've got the cassette deck, it's a cheaper way than having to go get the, uh, the big old ION job. But yeah, I mean, it's just pretty much audio routing into your computer in some form or fashion. But this, this ION one looks nice. If I only had more than one tape to convert, I might consider it. Yeah, I know. I thought about that too. It's actually a nice little piece of uh, piece of electronics, but really I don't have anything on cassette that I haven't gotten anywhere else. I mean, the only thing I have on cassette and I can get all the songs digitally are like the old Kevin and Bean Christmas tapes from, from K rock here in Los Angeles. But it's really not that, uh, not that important to me. But, uh, then again, with Apple music sucking, perhaps I should. So yeah, the only thing that I have on cassette is an old tape from my answering machine. Yes, it was a cassette in my answering machine back in the day before voicemail <laughs> where, um, Bruce Campbell called me when he was a young startup that I'd written him a letter saying, Hey, I want to start a fan club. Yes, I did want to start a fan club. Shut up. What a fucking door. And, I, and he left me this really long message, and uh, I, I still have that tape, and I would like to get that you know, digitized someday just for posterity. Very cool. Uh, and my favorite comment of the week that we've ever gotten came through, uh, came through the Twitter from a friend of the show, Ted, a uh, Canadian Stern fan. Uh, hey, GOG Podcast, I just heard Jason say he is out of credits on Audible because he reads a lot. You cannot read an audiobook, hashtag just saying. <laughs> Semantics. The words that are in the book are now in my head. It's just a matter of transportation. And we still say we're taping today, but it goes into a digital recorder. There's no tape involved. So, you know, just saying, I don't give a shit. The smile on my face was gigantic. Yeah, whatever. Ah, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for writing. As always, you can contact us in a gazillion different ways. If you don't know by now, oh, well. No, 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 no. <laughs> If you would like to contact us, the best way to contact us is to go to patreon.com slash GOG, sponsor the show, and just drop us a private note there, and we will be more than happy to chat with you and put you at the top of the queue. Otherwise, you can go to grumpyoldgeeks.com and click the contact button, or go to iTunes and leave us a five-star and a review and a rating, and in the, ra in the rating, you can leave us a comment. Yep, that's true. All of those methods. We should really put that in the show notes so we remember to put that, do that every single time. Uh, I think we should. Yeah, good idea. I'm full of them. Just saying. At the library. I finally finished the log utopia. Ah, it's about time. It was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I did. I have to admit, it, I took longer than normal because I was trying to savor it, assuming that this may be the last one that we will ever get. Uh, they left it open a little bit for, for a super, like, 20,000 years in the future kind of sequel. So I do hope that they write that. I don't think that uh, Terry Pratchett is 100% necessary to continue the series, and I would like to see it continued. It was a great book. Very good. The entire series as a whole, I'm in love with it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be upset if Stephen Baxter took this one up and kept going with it. I would actually prefer that. 
Yeah, me too. I, I would like to read more of these. And, and like I said, it's very much left open. So keep going, guys. <laughs> uh, one book that you and I are both really excited to uh, come out is coming out very, very soon. Ernest Klein's follow-up to uh, Ready Player One, which is a book we both loved, called Armada. And it's coming very soon. And it's already been out to reviewers for for a little bit. And uh, Laura Hudson over at Slate is not a fan. Oh, well, is it so? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read this book. I don't care what anybody says. Of course, I'm going to read it as well. But uh, it's just interesting her take on it. It's definitely uh, you and I kind of stayed away from the whole Gamergate thing when it happened because we're not really involved in gamer culture to that level. And apparently there's a lot involved in this book that kind of veers into that area and she's not really thrilled with his take on it. So, OK, yeah, I, I just I don't read book reviews before I read the book. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I stayed away from this one because I don't want any spoilers. I just want to read the book. And then we'll talk about it on the show and say if it sucks or not. But yes, yeah, we'll go. We'll go from there. I'm so excited about it that I just saw it in a news article. So I had to click on it. All right. <laughs> there we go. It's coming out pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, it should be dropping very, very soon. Um, I'm not sure of the exact date, but uh, we can Google that later. But uh, <laughs> okay. we'll talk about it as soon as it's out. We'll be so excited. So it'll be, ah, did you finish? No, no. Uh, currently, I am reading Tomorrowland, Our Journey from Science Fiction to Science Fact by Stephen Kotler. This has nothing to do with that crappy movie that George Clooney just had, does it? Oh, no, no, no. God, no. No, uh, Stephen Kotler has written a bunch of stuff. The last one that we reviewed on the show was The Rise of Superman, Decoding the Science of Ultimate Human Performance, which is uh, basically a book about flow states. Right. And uh, I got to spend an hour on the phone with Stephen Kotler yesterday, so I, you know, I had to pick up his book to research it. And fascinating guy, great book. Talks about all the stuff that's coming, like, in the very near future that, you know, and, and half of it's already here, but, you know, just not available for public use. But I, if you're interested in the future of technology, I'd, I'd recommend picking this book up while you still can because the world is ending soon, apparently. So uh, get this in paperback so you can take it to your bug out location and read about all the technology that will never happen because we're apparently destroying the planet. Yes, and make sure it's a paper. Well, I know I would go a hardcover because you could probably use the outside thing for something. And then you know, obviously you're going to have to use all the paper as toilet paper once society has ended. So. Oh, yeah, I got it. Basically, you use all the, the pages for teepee and then you can make a little teepee for your pet squirrel that's keeping you company while you're fattening up so you can eat it because that's all that's going to be left to, of the food. Right. Good plan. Software, apps, and gadgets. I'm an Apple guy. I use Apple all the time. And one of the new features of, well, not new, it's been out in a couple one, is the app autosave feature. And in BB Edit, you can open up a bunch of documents and just not save them. And every time you quit and come back, they'll still be there, mm -hmm. in theory. Yes. Uh, I had about, well, let's say 100 documents that were unsaved in my little navigation bar because I use it for basically note-taking half the time before I can get stuff into Evernote or 1Password and move it all around, which makes me one of the stupidest people in technology that you will ever meet because the other day, BB Edit crashed, and guess what? <laughs> all yeah. gone. All gone. There are two maxims that you should always live by. Always be charging and always be saving. Yeah, these are little little snippets that I just never really wanted to put in a text document that I'd have to go find later because I was going it, to... It's like, you know, it's a way station. It's a little waypoint. And uh, thank God I'm using uh, Time Machine because all I had to do was go to... I found... I googled where they keep the temp docs for it, 
went to that folder and then open time machine went back like you know to my last hourly backup and I could pull everything out and even though I pulled them out it when BB edit launched it still wouldn't open them back up into the side tab so I had to open every single document copy everything out and put it where it was supposed to go in the first place right good times yeah so I just wanted to share my my idiocy and let other people know that you should probably save and not reply or not not rely on the app autosave feature as any kind of scratch pad i just i i never have i never will but you and i grew up in the old days where you, there wasn't autosave so we always had to save or else we were screwed uh i you, i do a lot of stuff in microsoft word unfortunately because i have to um they added autosave gazillion years ago but i'm still you know control s every five minutes always Control-S, Control-S. Yeah, but I mean, this that's for documents that you've already saved. These were all untitled documents. I literally went up to untitled 278. I understand that, but I would never assume that somebody would be so stupid not to do that. <laughs> okay, so. yeah. Speaking of stupid, uh, I didn't know Microsoft had a garage program, which is called the garage program. I mean, you know, a, a fun little area where people can work on fantastical or offbeat projects. And by, um, yeah, by program, you mean a... Uh, not an application, but a group of people doing yes. something together. Yes, yes, that sort of program. But who then made a program, which they released this week, and in uh, a rare version of this, uh, this podcast, I actually downloaded two apps, and I'm going to talk about them. Uh, the app that came out from Microsoft is called Tossup, and it's uh, basically a little app where you can organize your friends and get together and create meeting points and all that sort of thing because there's no other app that does that. Okay, and how did that go? Now, there are a gazillion apps that do that, and that's the problem. I downloaded it. It's, it's really nice. It's, it's got a good look to it. It's nicely designed. Uh, the workflow is amazing. I don't have a single other friend that has it, so it's pretty useless. Okay, well, there's yeah. that. So you know, lesson learned again for everyone out there. Um, if there's already apps that do this and the people are there, well, that's what people are going to use. People are going to use Facebook events because all their friends are on Facebook. They're not going to use toss up. And by the way, the entire concept of this, uh, they, they touted it with an ad that basically said, you have a bunch of friends that are really hard to get together because they're dumb. That's <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of the gist of that ad said. And uh, the ad, uh, let me respond to that. If your friends are that hard to get together and they're that dumb, good luck getting them to download a completely new app. And sign up for it and use it so you can get them all together again. And get smarter friends, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it is a nice app. I mean, if if I had a bunch of friends that were using it, um, I would use it. But I don't. So not gonna. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> next. Uh, who deleted me? This has been all the buzz. Even Time magazine talked about this. Uh, poor guy. I mean, he's yeah, there was a few interviews with him about how he basically had no idea that this was gonna blow up and uh, he was on vacation and had to go like get all these different servers and scale up incredibly quickly because basically this this app for whatever reason just got the press that most you know startups have wet dreams about. So uh, who deleted me? All it does is download your entire. It uses the Facebook API to download your friend list, store it somewhere. Next time you log in, checks against it, downloads it again, processes them, checks them against each other, tells you who's removed you, tells you who's blocked you, blah blah blah. Uh, all the press is basically saying, wow, finally, there's an app that does this. There have been a zillion apps that do this all the time. There have been, uh, you could 
There have been plugins. There have been all kinds of things for at least the last two years. Uh, that, seven years. At least seven. At least seven years. Okay. I've only been, I tried one about two years ago, so I know that for sure. No, I mean, these these have been coming out since 2008. Yeah. After yeah. after Twitter opened up its API, there there were who unfollowed me apps that go back that long. So it's this is nothing new. So it's nothing new. It's just one that's getting actual buzz. Uh, and basically every time any of these people, and let's just stick with Facebook specifically, anytime Facebook changes their API, uh, the apps that existed that did this kind of stop working and they never get updated because there's no money in making these apps, as this kid is going to find out. Yeah, and people, if you're that narcissistic, just just stop. Yeah. I mean, you're probably looking at your list anyway, and you, you have spreadsheets on who followed you on what day and who unfollowed me on what day. You don't need an app for that. It does make it easier. It does, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know what doesn't make things easier? Mm. Intel's TrueKey. Never heard of it. It's there. Well, actually, you have, because we talked about it in the terms of them doing their facial recognition unlocking. Ah. Remember that? Oh, yes, yes. So they've released a browser plugin for Chrome and uh, probably other browsers. But I tried the Chrome version because I... I I didn't read the fine print, so I'm just like, oh, let's let's start. And I signed up, and it's like, oh, click this. And I'm like, I clicked it, and I'm like, oh, crap, it just installed a browser extension. Um, that then completely took over my browser, logged me out of every single site I was logged into mm -hmm. until I could kill it, which, you know, I needed to take it out back, put a stake through its heart, shoot it with silver bullets, cut off its head, and bury it six feet under while the sun was going down in the at it, 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 a certain time. It was so hard to get rid of. And I had to re-log into everything. So if, if you get an invite to this service, run as far and fast away from it as you can and stick with 1Password. All right. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. That sounds horrible, but I wouldn't even switch. I, I've gotten so used to 1Password, I love it. I wouldn't even try anything else. So. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a 1Password um, replacement because we talked about just the facial recognition stuff. I didn't realize they came out with another product under that name because I didn't read the fine print because... I am too busy doing other stuff. And I'm just like, oh, okay, finally this is in. So I signed up for the beta when we were doing the story. And then they they sidetracked me and railroaded me and put me onto this path. And I was just bastards. Idiots. Speaking of idiots, actually, we should have put this in more on of the week, but we didn't. So Logitech is rebranding itself. Uh, I didn't even know Logitech was still around, actually. They, well, I've, I'm using a Logitech mouse and keyboard right now. I actually quite like their products for the most part. I don't know if I'm going to like them moving forward. Yet they're rebranding themselves to Logi or Logi, or I'm not even sure how they want us to pronounce it. I'd uh, say Logi. They dropped the tech because tech means nothing, apparently. Okay. Uh, and they're releasing an entire line of new products that are basically trying to, I don't know, appeal to millennials or something. It looks like they're going to be in all these ugly colors and just uh, horribly designed stuff. They're trying to be Apple design and they're not there. So this may be the death of Logitech for me. Yeah, it could be as long as the, Hey, if the, the products are the same, I used to love their mice, but then I got an Apple magic mouse and I'm never going back. Right. Right. I, I really love their stuff. I mean, I've always been a big fan. They, they do really innovative keyboards and their mice are, yeah, it's like you said, fantastic I'm using them now. So so uh, my software picks of the week that uh, didn't try and destroy my browser. Uh, ScreenFlow 5 is out. I think I've talked about ScreenFlow before, but the new version 5 is, has been out for a couple months, but I finally picked it up and have been using it all week. And it's really nice. They've got a ton of good features in there that just make screen capture and making like, you know, screen movies and doing stuff with them really easily, just super easy. Right. 
Uh, it's a hundred bucks. So it's a little bit pricey, but you know, if you're using it for work to make actual, you know, screencasts for stuff, it's a, it's a very cheap, uh, add on for that. And it will save you time. If you're trying to do like keynote presentations with audio, instead of going through any of the, the built-in Apple or, uh, PC programs, this is just a really nice program. It's all I got to say about it. Use it. Cool. Next up, I needed to uh, play a game the other day because I just had to get out of doing the thing that I was doing. I'm like, man, I, w- I wish I just had a good video game to play. Uh, and the Mac App Store has almost nothing worthwhile. So I, I, everybody was talking about Steam before. I'm like, okay, I can go to Steam and get some games. And I signed up for Steam and I went in there and there was almost nothing for the Mac that was decent. But I ended up getting a copy of uh, Bioshock Infinite. and it's interesting. It plays extraordinarily well. It plays better than I think on an Xbox and it's fun and the controls are good. The, you know, I just wish they had more games, but the actual process of using steam is really easy and straightforward. So if you're just a casual gamer and haven't been into games that much, steam is just a nice way to go and find something to play. If you're in the mood, that will never happen to me. Of course not. I wasn't talking to you. Media Candy. This week in Media Candy, the first story comes with a hat tip from Calby Mundy. Uh, this rapper recorded an entire album in secret from an Apple Store display computer. Uh, rapper uh, Prince Harvey uh, has a new album called Fat Ass, which stands for Prince Harvey at the Apple Store Soho. Right. Uh, so, Brian, I just we were just talking about this before I hit record. Um, so yeah. it's it's not good. It's not yeah. good at all, but it's actually good for being recorded in an Apple store. And I have no idea how he pulled that off. I don't. Well, I mean, I've seen people just sitting at a sitting at a computer for hours in the Apple store. And I've always wondered what the hell they're doing. So maybe this is a whole trend now. Um, no, it's it's well, you know, I'm not a big rap fan anyways, but uh, playing it, it was, you know, I think he was using GarageBand or something. The beats are rudimentary. The keyboard is horrible that he used. Um, but the my shocking thing about this is how clean and clear the vocals were i i don't know about you but have you ever been in an apple store that wasn't deafeningly loud yeah no that's the thing it's like for pulling this off at an apple store but i'm just like is he just sitting there rapping in the middle of the store with his microphone or well how how did he get those vocals uh, yeah, I don't know how he got them so clean because I can't imagine doing something like that in an Apple store and just not having tons of, of sound behind you, just people talking and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so that part is impressive. I would like to uh, hang around the Soho store and see how he pulls this off. He may like wait until they're about to close and nobody's in there and then he just looks like a crazy man. Yeah, sitting there rapping to himself. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, shit, I'm surrounded by $3,000 worth of gear and I can't get it to sound that good. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. You're not a rapper. He's he's trained at this stuff. Oh, I, I I am not dropping the dope beats. Is that why? I don't know how to drop the dope beats. Okay. Speaking of dropping dope beats, uh, Fox has dropped the trailer or for they're going to run 201 days of the X file. They're basically going to run all the X files episodes in order, leading up to the new ones, and they've put out a trailer for it with a little snippet of new footage. And a little uh, tiny snippet. It was a very tiny, but it was enough to excite me. I was very happy with that. So take a look at it. It's pretty cool. If you're an X-Files fan, this is going to psych you up. And it's been so long since I've seen the show. I may be tuning in to watch at least the first uh, five seasons before it got shit. Uh, I'll rewatch all of them when Fox airs them. Yeah, but aren't these on Netflix already? Can't you just go watch them already? 
without uh, without the commercials if you can get the bandwidth see previous note about how <laughs> netflix has been recently <laughs> true that true that true that so and in other news han solo is getting his own movies we've known that the uh, star wars universe was going to expand considerably that disney was going to put out all these various different uh things going on in the universe and all these different movies so the uh han solo one has been officially announced uh with uh, going to be directed by christopher miller and phil lord uh lego movie cloudy with a chance of meatballs 21 jump street and 22 jump street that does not exactly fill me with hope well the lego movie was incredible that one was really good but it was yeah. also animated not real people well it- <laughs> Have you seen any Star Wars movies recently? They're basically just computer animated, so... But that's why they were shitty, so we're that's what J.J. Abrams is supposed to be taking us away from, which is why they're hopefully going to be good again. Yeah, but the writing team behind it is going to be... it's They're solid, so... Yeah. I You know, granted, I don't think that they should make it. I think they should just stick to new stories, leave Han Solo alone, and move on, but it's, yeah. it's going to happen, so it's going to happen. I mean... Yeah. It's, it comes from the the writer who wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, The Empire Strikes Back. You that know, um, is what gives me hope. That, yeah. That uh, Kasdan and his son are going to write it. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, that, it, this one is a 50-50. You could just toss a coin and... It's all going to be about the casting. It's going to be who plays young Han Solo. That is going to make or break the movie. It's got to... Whoever it is, has got massive shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. It's, it's got to have some sort of Harrison Ford-esque quality to him. Yeah, and, and this now, since Comic-Con's going on, we're getting all this crazy news out, and the only one that's so far that's really kind of excited me is Wesley Snipes might be going back to play Blade. I, I You know, Blade 1, eh, me. Blade 2, loved it. Blade 3, bury it and, you know, stick a stake in it. It was terrible, but, you know, two out of, or one and a half out of three one ain't bad. Three, Jason, one out of three, and you're excited for a fourth? <laughs> No, I'm excited to see Wesley Snipes again. I mean, I loved him in The Expendables 3. I just, I like Wesley Snipes. I'm glad he's out of jail and I want him to come back and not be crazy. He's got a new TV show coming out, which will be good, called The Player. Um, that looks like it's going to be cool. I'm just excited to see Wesley Snipes back. I really like the guy. I, what can I say? I think he's annoyed by the fact that his comic con, the con part, scares him every time. Moron of the week. It pains me, Jason. It pains me to put these guys in here. But our, our moron of the week, still untitled, the Adam Savage Project, specifically the Adam's Land Cruiser episode. Uh, go ahead, bring it up. Should, links in the show notes. Uh, go to, say, minute 420, and then listen for a lovely three to four minutes, and you'll understand why I've put them in here. Yeah, I was driving and listening to this, and I'm like, is this a bit? Or I it was going to be a bit, but it's not. No, it's the fact that they didn't edit their own show. It was, yeah. Uh, At about four twenty, they stop and they say, "Oh shit, uh, we'll have to edit this later." And then they fumble around and make a bunch of noise for about three to four minutes while they're looking for batteries to put in the Zoom to continue recording. And then they continue recording and they pick it up from there and forgot to go back and edit it. How do you forget to go back and edit your podcast? I uh, I don't know, especially <laughs> considering the amount of money that they're making for doing said podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've seen their rate sheet. It's not cheap. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. They control, guys. Little quality control. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, you guys like build shit for a living. You can't find batteries? Or how about this? Plug it in before you start doing a show that makes you thousands of dollars a week. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Lucky them. The web's not dead! Oh, no, it's not. This has been making the rounds, uh, but it's so genius I couldn't. I couldn't skip it. I had to go in here. Besides, this is uh, if friend of the show, Budify, hired us to do make a meditation for their product. Fuck that, a guided meditation. This was genius. I, I passed it around last night because I was laughing so hard. Yeah, not going to talk about it. Just go. It is awesome. Yeah, there's really nothing we can say about it. Just, yeah, when, you, when you're listening to it, think of us. <laughs> yes, and breathe deep. Now, I found this, uh, this next one on Visual News. It's called uh, 10 Words We Invented That Should Be in the Dictionary. Some of these are really terrible, but uh, some of them are pretty good, I think. I, I actually enjoyed the entire list. I didn't think any of them were too bad. I particularly enjoyed uh, Wrong Sipient, a uh, person who receives a message you did not want them to see. That is fantastic. Yes, Painstorm is my favorite, a chaotic brainstorm that produces no actionable ideas. Yeah, and uh, production, an all-male department crew or team. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some more in here, so uh, go back and check them all out. But they they were very fun. They came across my, my desk this morning. It's very fun stuff. Now, another one that's very fun that, uh, oh, they keep upping the number on this. This is a change.org petition comes out of uh, Ryan Koch from Des Moines, Iowa. It's a change the name of Cracker Barrel to Caucasian Barrel. <laughs> it's very, very damn funny. I like that. He's almost there. Well, he was he was there before, but it was to reach seventy five hundred. Now it's up to ten thousand. But here's the deal, people: we got to make this one happen. We got to make it happen. I agree, and you know, I don't know how we'll figure in the cost for creating new signage, and you know, somebody's going to have to make a new logo. But I like this. I like this a lot. I support this one hundred percent. Closing shout outs. Uh, shout out to the women's USA soccer team who won the women's World Cup. And uh, in a fantastic game, and Carly Lloyd had probably the game of a lifetime, probably one of the, no, I, I'll go ahead and say the single best performance in a World Cup, be it male or female, for any one individual, uh, scored a hat trick of goals. And uh, the third goal that she scored was stunning, a shot from, from midfield that just perfectly timed and perfectly hit. And it was absolutely amazing. And if you are a fan of soccer at all and live here in the U.S., uh, you are aware of Telemundo's broadcaster and his perchance for yelling goal and for very long periods of time. And there is a link in the show notes, uh, 38 seconds of goal after the hat trick goal. Stunning stuff. And good job, guys. That uh, guy's got some lung, uh, lung capacity. Oh, he's almost uh, during the last World Cup, I would switch over. Uh, I kept them both channels up. And every time there was a goal, I'd switch over just to listen to him because he's so much fun. Um, good stuff. And uh, if you are in the L.A. area, I'd like to point out that it is Dine L.A.'s Restaurant Week, and uh, there are fantastic deals going on for all kinds of amazing restaurants here. So uh, go check that out and hit up at least a couple of these because uh, there are great deals to be had to try out a new restaurant in the L.A. area. Is there anything in the Valley? There are, Yeah, all over L.A. So, uh, the, in fact, you can conveniently, through the link in our show notes, search by area to find uh, places near you. Oh, great. So I can go to Fleming's Prime Steakhouse, Morton Steakhouse, or Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Those are the only three deals in the Valley. Really? That's it? Well, yeah, that's it. Which sucks because I live with a vegetarian. It's Sherman Oaks is the Valley. French. Uh, sushi. Oh, I was looking at Woodland Hills. Yeah, well, you know, come on. You're not walking to the restaurant. This is L.A. Oh, man, I don't want to have to drive. 
Anyway, my shout-out of the week goes to uh, The Morning Dump with Jordan Cooper. I have talked about the show on the show a couple times, but I have noticed that uh, I do listen to it first thing in the morning, and it, it, it just actually starts my day off right. I have a cup of tea, listen to The Morning Dump, and uh, I, it honestly just gives me a, a bump in the booty. I like it. <laughs> I don't know if I can use that. <laughs> I think you're too bad. So- too bad you're stuck with it. We're we're keeping rolling. There's no no dropping a marker here. No going back at editing. You have to live with that. Oh my god! This what's going on today? I I don't really know. We started so well. We started no, we did not. We started terribly. We t- we're talking about the end of the world and leaving the country because there's going to be no food or water. And now we end up with getting my booty pumped. Oh. That's that's a show, Jason. That is a show. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can find out more about me at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can booty bump me at Slender Fungus on Twitter. Until next time. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and a five-star rating or tell a friend about the show. Music for the show is provided by Andy Stochansky. Follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy. And he's also on SoundCloud, which you can get to by going to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 118. I don't know what a booty bump is. <laughs> <laughs>